It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the combined crew of blindandroidusers.com and accessibleandroid.com. Kick back and enjoy another fine episode from these Android fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here's your crew. Hello and welcome to episode 120 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. I'm Ed Green and I'm joined this week by my co-hosts Fee Dunn, Warren Carr, Austin Pinto, Doug Cameron, John Dyer and Sally Kunders. And we are coming to you on Saturday the 25th of March 2023. This week we have our usual announcement section from Austin. In Android Basics, we continue our perambulation through Android settings. and we, We've reached the, the, the system language and all that jazz settings. And we have a tip of the week from Fee, who shows us how to uh, regain some much-needed audio settings in the Zoom app on the phone, where some of those settings have moved. Well, how are we all? What's going on in Turkey, Sally? How are the Yanaks? Oh, they're really good. They're blowing up. <laughs> the, the, the weather is really good today. It's like 19 degrees. It's really sunny. We, we were talking about rain last week, but now it's sunny for the Saturday. Uh, we are inside the uh, holy month of Ramadan for those who celebrated the Muslims. So it's the third day in here uh, where we do uh, help in the, for those who, who are in need. And of course, we avoid eating from sunrise to sunset. This is how it goes, and it's going to be going for 30 days, and when, then we're going to have the feast. Like uh, It's going to be like a festival afterwards. If yeah. you don't eat that much, the, the response is huge, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a belated yeah. Ramadan Mubarak to our yeah. listeners. And, and Sally, you say you're helping the less fortunate and the poor. Tell me, what is it you're doing for iOS users? Well, I don't have those <laughs> iOS users. <laughs> no, we're, we're talking about helping the poor and less fortunate. So uh, yeah. uh, hopefully the iOS users will receive charity uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, during the course of this month. Yeah. Dougie Kins, it's been a while. How are you? I'm not too, too bad. I spent last weekend in BC, so, I mean, it was busy because I was working. But, yeah, I'm not too, too bad. It's starting to warm up, snow's starting to melt, so I'm pretty happy. It's good. Warren? I'm doing well, Ed. We are actually having a very good weather today. Um, I think we're going to be like 52 degrees uh, currently, though. I think it's about 27 degrees out there. So it's a great weather, and um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yesterday was rainy, windy, and all of that, but I think it's a good thing today. So I'm excited to be here today, and uh, I can't believe we're already on the 25th of March. It's just speeding by before we know it i'll be fooling you for april yeah and before we know sadly more pixels will be released don't they the year's going by that quickly it's a beautiful thing looking forward to that 7a uh austin's waiting for pining away for and yet in the same breath oh pixel phone is not good pixel phone is not good you know that's austin typical austin (laughs) <laughs> More Fisher Price toys uh, as the year uh, hurtles by. Uh, speaking of said Austin, how are you? I have good uh, things are going. Uh, things are going on good here. 
So the, last week, one day I was going to leave to office, and out of nowhere comes this huge downpour. So Mumbai has seemed rain one day, then the weather is uh, weather was nice and cool, but now the weather is as hot as like I'm in the fire. So I've turned on the AC and I'm enjoying and recording. So Mumbai is I don't know when it can rain and when the summer can start. No one can tell. Excellent. iPhoneingtons, how are you? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Um, we've had a nice day as well. Some sunshine. It's been a bit windy, but yesterday was quite exciting. We had, where I live anyway, in West London, we had hail and, and thunder and all sorts. Um, I don't know if you had that, Ed, but um, yeah, we certainly did. Um, I, yeah, I did. And... Uh, yeah, so the weather is, it's warming up now. It's feeling more like spring, which is lovely. Maybe not so much yesterday. But, um, uh, but yeah, no, uh, things are good. Um, that's it, really, I think. Glad to hear it. No, I, 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 had, I had the same weather. I, I texted my uh, wife and Kiddywinkle suggesting that we meet at a restaurant uh, that required a bit of walking and a bit of busing, uh, hence waiting at bus stops. And as soon as I did that, the heavens opened, utterly invalidating my choice. But nonetheless, we pressed on and got wet. Did you? That's impressive. Did. I didn't cancel it. I said, yeah, we'll go do it. John Boy, what are you doing? It's been a pretty good week pretty typical week the weather is it's definitely warming up here it's been in the 80s so it's a little warm for me but i know everybody else enjoys it we did go to um we did go eat outdoors at a restaurant me my wife and my son so that was nice but other than that pretty typical week no new toys to play with that i can think of oh actually no i did order some Fire TV remotes, the new um, Alexa Voice Remote Pro. So, um, I wonder then yeah. if you were to be a phone, whether you're a whether you're a Sony, are you slightly prone to overheating when it gets a bit warm? Yeah, the for sure. It do. doesn't take much. Yeah, it doesn't t- take too much for experience to overheat either. I mean, they they will work, but they get they get hotter than other devices. Not not to the point that it's painful, but I have noticed that. With with them, so uh, it looks like you are a Sony phone. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing how hot I get and how easily it happens. <laughs> I look very nervous. I look very nervous a lot of the time when I'm not. So maybe maybe you're John Spearia as opposed to John Dyer. Maybe we will maybe we will see how that that goes as a nickname moving forward. Or um, John Fire. That works. Yeah, yeah, I like that. This is the announcement segment of Blind Android Users Podcast. Stay tuned to hear important information regarding the podcast, surveys, and the latest news. So then, Austin, what announcements do we have this week? We have some huge announcements, and because of the accessible Android app that we launched, and uh, our mailing list and Telegram group is just growing and people are joining. So welcome to all the new members and uh, thanks for joining and do subscribe to our YouTube channel 
And if our listeners have not checked out the accessible Android app, then I would uh, request that you all go to the Play Store and check it out. So, Salid, uh, how are the state, uh, statements or what are the numbers like on the app as of today? You know, we reached a new milestone. We are now over 500 downloads from Google Play, which is a massive, massive milestone for us. I'm so grateful for the support that we received so far and looking forward to more, to reaching out the thousand and more downloads on Google Play, which is going to be even more. Uh, I'm asking for people to review our app on Google Play, writing a few words about it. It helps us much more to reach out to more people. And wherever you're from, what country, what time zone, what language you're you're speaking, uh, just invite us and we can introduce our app to more people. And we only That's accept really five-star reviews on that. But... Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's yeah, really and good. If you want to make a one-star rating, then, you know, say, hey, you know, Sally, you messed up. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> just let us know why you're giving Sally a one-star uh, one rating. Right, guys? Because um, don't tell us, oh, I'm giving you one-star. Tell us why. Or and even so really better. Hear from you. Or even better, give a five-star rating, but say in the review, I wanted to rate this one-star because of the following. Yeah. <laughs> I would do that. I, I think John has this about right. And donations <laughs> are much welcome if you can, of course. I mean, this is going to help us improve, of course, the service and the quality of the app. I don't know about everyone else. I've always found it very hard to improve when you're best already, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, do, do review the app. It, it gives it prominence. It means it, you know, Google's algorithms quite like it. So uh, do do review. It's like it's the same as anything else, you know, a Kindle book uh, or, you know, a, a book on Amazon. Uh, the, the more reviews it gets, the more seen it gets and all the rest of it. So, so do go on and do that. Uh, spread the word, share, enjoy. But if you've got any, any things that need improving, um... Feel free to also say the things you like. Definitely. This is Android Basics, in which we bring you up to date on the things that you should know to use your Android phone. Now we turn to our Android Basics section. And we continue our tour of the settings app. And this week, it's a, it's a fairly chunky section. We're looking at the whole, the whole system, language and input, gestures part of the app. Warren, I, I know you've recorded a little preamble. Is there anything you want to say before we, we hear that? Well, the system setting is a very important portion of our device. And... This is where you go in and basically customize your device the way you would like to use it, uh, whether you want to hear uh, sounds of some sort. For example, um, if you wanted to say when the phone is ringing, I want to just flip my phone over and let it just shush or whatever the case may be. Or when I lift up my phone, let it come alive or come to life or things like that. And we've heard this a lot of times, especially on our mailing list and people saying, hey, you know, my phone is waking up at random times or, you know, something happens and my phone comes and I did not even hit the power button. Uh, some kind of ghost 
hiding somewhere in my phone. So here's where you can go to find those things. So I think it's important that we do that. And also, you know, time and date and all of that. That's where you go to change those things if you want to manually do things. You travel to another country, maybe something happened. I think someone had said that they were at some location and they were not seeing the location they were in or things like that. So this is a very important part of the phone and part of the system settings that we need to go in and customize things to our liking. So that's what I'm saying about it. And then we'll discuss some of the things that we think are of great importance to us. Thanks, Warren. And here is that brief demonstration of this section of settings. I am now in the system settings and will now navigate my way to system, languages, gestures, backup, and more. Here's what I'm talking about. System, languages, gestures, time, backup. Let's go ahead and tap here. System, navigate up. Button, out of list. I am now in the system. And I'm going to, first of all, show you all the items that are in here. And then I'll look at some of the items that I think are of great importance. And after I'm done with showing you the overview, then the podcast crew will then discuss some of these items that we think are of great importance. So here I am in the system area, and I will navigate my way through the items that we find here. Here's what we got. Languages and input, Gboard, in list. The first item that we come across is languages and input. And we hear Gboard, meaning that my default input method is Gboard. Let's go on and tap on this and see what else we find in Languages and input. Languages and input. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. Here's what we find on this screen. Preferred language. Heading. In list. The first heading we come across is the preferred language heading. And below that. Languages. English United States. We hear languages. English United States. And it depends on the system language that you have. So if you are in a different system language or a different region, that would say whatever language it is that is your choice as the default. Let's go ahead and tap here though, because it's here that you could add another language in the event that you happen to be one of those people that speak multiple languages. Let's go ahead and tap here. Languages. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. And here we got two items. So the first one is like the English United States, and the second one will be the add language. English United States 1 in list. It says English United States 1, meaning I only have one language in there. And below that we have add language. Add a language button out of list. Add a language. Tapping here. Add a language. Navigate up button showing items 1 to 12 of 210 and here we have about 210 languages you can pick from and some of the examples include the following afrikaans in list agam akan 
Inari Sami. Asturian. Azerbaijani Latin. Bambara. There you go. So we got different languages in here. And now I'm going to go back. And if you wanted to add any of this, all you need to do is simply tap on it and the download process will begin. I'll now go back. Languages. Add a language button out of list. Like I said, these are the only two items that we find here. The default system language and add a language. I'll now go back to the previous screen. Languages and input. Languages, English, United States, in list. Moving down, here's what we got. App languages, set the language for each app. App languages, set a language for each app. In other words, if you speak another language, for example, and you want to change that app to that language or a particular app that you want to switch to a different language, or if you have installed some app that comes in another language, if it supports other languages, you could tap here to go change that to English, for example, or whatever language you want to change it to, provided that that app supports that language. Let's tap here and see what we're talking about. App Languages. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. Showing items 1 to 10 of 30. We hear showing items 1 to 10 of 30. In other words, there are 30 apps here that I could switch to another language. And all of this feature, though, is dependent on the app. Most apps don't, and some of the apps support other languages. And most of the ones that do happen to be the system apps. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Here's what we got. Only apps that support language selection are shown here in list. And we got... Calculator, System Default. Calendar, System Default. Chrome, System Default. I'm going to scroll down, see if we find some non-system apps that support um, translating into another app, or another language, rather. Google, System Default. Officezuit, System Default. Pocket, System Default. Here's Pocket, one of those examples a third-party app that supports other languages. Pocket Casts, System Default. Pocket Casts. Let's tab on Pocket Casts, for example. App Language. Navigate Up. Button. Out of List. Showing Items 1 to 11 of 18. We heard showing items 1 to 11 of 18, meaning that there are some 17 or 18 languages that Pocket Casts could be switched to. Here are some of those languages, or actually, let's go through all the apps that the Pocket Casts support. Here's what we got. Suggested. And under the heading that says Suggested, we got... Checked. System Default. English United States. Spanish United States. All languages. German. Got German. English. Spanish, French, Italian, Dutch, in list, Norwegian Bachmel, Swedish, Russian, Arabic, Japanese, Simplified Chinese. And that's the last one in here. So if you want to switch to any of those languages, you could just tap there to switch to that language. I am now going back to the previous screen. App Languages. Pocket Casts, System Default, in List. Showing items 8 to 18 of 8.
Languages and Input. App Languages, set the language for each app in list. Moving down. Keyboards, heading. We have keyboards. Moving down. On-screen keyboard, talkback braille keyboard, Google voice typing, and Gboard. On-screen keyboard. In other words, here you can go in and enable other keyboards if you've installed some. And for example, if I tap here. On-screen keyboard. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. And here are some of the keyboards that I have. Some have been enabled and others haven't. Here's what I got. Gboard. Multilingual typing. In list. And to the right of each of these would be an on-off switch. So if I move my finger to the right. Gboard. Switch. On. Move my finger down. Advanced Braille Keyboard. Down. Bitmoji Keyboard. English down. US. BRLTT. Chroma Keyboard. English. Google Voice Typing. Uh, Grammarly. Multilingual Typing. So as you can see, I have a bunch of them. I could scroll down for more. Sure. Microsoft SwiftKey Beta Keyboard, Microsoft, Microsoft SwiftKey Keyboard, OpenBoard, English, US, Smart Braille. As you can see, I have a bunch of them. I'm going to go back. And like I said, though, to the right of each of those is the on-off switch. For example, if I move my finger to the right here. OpenBoard, switch, off. I could turn that on by tapping there. Smart Braille, switch, off. Okay. Let's go back. Languages and input. On-screen keyboard, talkback braille keyboard, Google voice typing, and Gboard. In As we move on down, here's what we got. Physical keyboard, not connected. Physical keyboard, not connected because I don't have any in place right now. Moving down. Speech, heading. We have the speech heading, and here's what we got. Voice input, speech services by Google. Voice input, and we hear speech services by Google. That's what I'm using. Settings button. To the right of that is the settings. Let's go ahead and tap on the settings. Speech services by Google. Navigate up button out of list. Showing items one to four of four. Okay, we are on this screen now, and here's what we find. Speech services by Google. Moving my finger down. Add a language, manage offline languages, in list. Add a language, manage offline languages. In other words, if you tap here, you could choose a language that you can download for offline support. In the event that you are doing something without internet access, you will be able to have access to that uh, language that you've selected. And below that... Auto-update languages, Wi-Fi only. And... Advanced, downloaded languages. Advanced downloaded languages. If I tap here, and if I've downloaded other language modules, they'll be found here. But in this case, I only have one, and it'll just be showing the English United States. Let's now go back to the previous screen. Languages and input. Settings button in list. Okay, we move on down. On-device recognition. On-device speech recognition. On-device recognition. In other words, if you've downloaded or added any languages to the above item, which is the speech services, then 
you will see those in here for your offline recognition. If I tap here, you're not going to see any because I only have one. And besides that one, you're not going to see any more. Let's move on down. Text-to-speech output. Here's text-to-speech. And you could go in here and change your TTS engine. Choose whichever one it is you want to make your default. Moving down. Tools, heading, showing items 1 to 11 of 15. We come across the tools heading. And here are the items we find beneath the tools heading. Spell checker, Gboard spell checker. We hear spell checker followed by the word Gboard spell checker, meaning that's my default. Now, if you've installed other keyboards that have spell checkers, if you tap here, you'll see those. Let's tap here and see what I'm talking about. Spell checker, navigate up, button, out of list. And to the right, we got Use spell checker, switch on. Use spell checker, switched on. And Languages, use system languages, in list. We got use system languages. Default spell checker, Gboard spell checker. We hear default spell checker is Gboard. Now, if I have other keyboards as I indicated, if I tap here, I should be able to see that. Let's go ahead and tap here. Choose spell checker. Gboard spell checker, checked, in list. So the Gboard spell checker is checked. Let's see if I have any more. Open board spell checker. I have the open board spell checker. That's all I have. So if I wanted to switch to open board, then I tap on that to check it as my default spell checker. Let's go back. Spell checker. And back default again. spell checker. Languages and input. Spell checker. Gboard spell checker in list. Next, below that spell checker, we've got personal dictionary, add words to be used in apps such as spell checker. Here we come across personal dictionary. So in other words, if there are some words that you would like to add to it, that you tap here to add those. Here's what I'm talking about. Personal dictionary, navigate up, button, out of list. And putting my finger down. Personal dictionary. You don't have any words in the user dictionary. To add a word, tap the Add Plus button. I am told that I do not have any words in the personal dictionary. And if I wanted to add any, then I tap on the plus. And that plus button is found on the top right corner. And that will say Add. Add. There's the Add. Let's tap here, for example. Type a word. Add to dictionary. Type a word. Edit box. So you type the word you want, and then below that, we have something called shortcut, and it's optional. Optional shortcut, edit box. So for example, let's say I wanted to create a word, FISE, or something stupid like that, F-I-S-E, and I want to create a shortcut for it. I could just type either F-I or F-E, and whenever I type that, then... I should be able to auto-complete that. I don't want to add any word now, so I'm going to go back. Personal Dictionary. Add. And we'll go back. Languages and Input. Personal Dictionary. Add words to be used in apps such as Spell Checker in List. 
The last item on the screen is pointer speed. Pointer speed. If we tap here, I think the default is like 50%. Let's go ahead and check. Pointer speed. Cancel button out of list. We heard cancel. Put my finger down. Pointer speed slider 50%. It's 50%. And if you want to increase it, you swipe up with one finger, decrease it, swipe down with one finger. Let's go back now. Languages and input. Pointer speed. I'm going to go back again. System. Languages and input. We're back to languages and input. Now, moving down. Live translate on. Live translate is on. And that's if you are maybe hard of hearing or you have some hearing difficulty, you could turn this on so that whatever is being said would be translated or transcribed to you uh, via text. Moving down. Gestures. Gestures. And here's where you go in to choose different gestures. For example, you want to switch to the system navigation system, or you want to change to the three-button navigation, or you want to set the camera gestures and all of that. Here's the place that you go into. Let's go here real quick. Gestures. Navigate up. Button out of list. And here are the items we find on this screen. Gestures. Quick tap to start actions on access your digital assistant in list. So something on the Pixel phone, we have the quick tap that is your double tap on the back of your phone and you could assign that to whatever it is that you want. In my case, I've assigned it to activate my digital assistant and that will be the Google Assistant. You could even choose to launch an app using that if that's what you want. Next. Quickly open camera on. Next. Flip camera for selfie on. Next. System navigation, gesture navigation. I got mine set to gesture navigation. If I wanted to change to a three button navigation, for example, I'll tab here and go choose the three button navigation or two button navigation. Next. Tap to check phone off. Tap to check phone off. So in other words, if you set up your phone and you notice that every time you touch your phone and it comes on, this is where you come to turn that off. I have mine turned off because I don't want my phone to be coming on every time I mistakenly tap my phone. Next. Lift to check phone off. Lift to check phone is off. I have also turned that off. But by default, when you set up your phone, that's going to be on. So every time you lift up your phone, it's going to pop up and show up the screen. Next. Flip to shish on. Flip to shish. In other words, someone calls you. You can just flip the phone over and that will just silence that call. Next. One-handed mode off. One-handed mode. If you want to use it with one hand, you turn this on. Next. Press and hold power button. Access digital assistant. Press and hold the power to access the digital assistant. If you don't want that, but you want it to perform the traditional thing that the power button does, in other words, when you hold it down, you want it to shut off your phone, then... Here's where you tap to go change that. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Press and hold power button. Navigate up button out of list. And I'll put my finger down. 
Press and hold power button to access heading in list. And items are? Not selected. Power menu. Power menu. So if I tap that, that would change to the power menu so that every time I hold down the power button, it will show me the power menu and I'll see things like restart, shutdown, emergency, and so forth. Or selected digital assistant. Selected digital assistant. And below that, Press and hold duration, adjust sensitivity by choosing how long to press and hold the power button, short, long. So you can choose here how long you want to hold it for before the assistant comes on. And press and hold duration, slider, 50%. You got the slider at 50% and you can increase it or decrease it and that makes it either longer or shorter. Go down. Power menu. Press the power button and the volume up button at the same time. And it's telling you that if you want to get to your power menu, what you need to do is hold down both the up volume and the power button to bring up the power menu. That's the last item here. Let's go back. Gestures. Press and hold power button. Access digital assistant in list. And let's go back. System. Gestures in list. We continue from gestures now, and the item below that is date and time GMT seven hours. Date and time next backup. Backup. We've covered this elsewhere. You can go in here and do some backup. Tap on backup now if that's what you want to do. Things like that. Next system update updated to Android thirteen. System update. If you tap here, you could find at the bottom where it says check for updates. Next. Rules. Zero rules. Rules. You could tap here to check your rules and things like that. Next. Multiple users. Next, we have multiple users. In other words, if you have more than one user, you will see them right here when you tap on this. Next. Reset options. Reset options. In other words, whether you want to reset your SIM card, you want to reset your network, or you want to reset the system in general, what we call the factory reset, this is where you tap to go do such. And that's the last item that we find in system, languages, gestures, time, backup, etc. I will now hand you over to the podcast crew as we discuss some of these items that we find to be of great importance i mean i mean there's so much in here uh where, where i think there are uh, particularly useful things from uh, an accessibility standpoint perhaps or uh, uh particularly depending on which sort of phone you have is in the gesture settings so here for instance as, as you'll know uh might be where you go to uh, restore or get rid of the navigation bar on the bottom of your phone, the home, uh, back and recent or overview buttons. Do you like those or do you like gestures? Perhaps even more relevantly for talkback users, uh, certain phones, particularly it seems to be ones manufactured in China, have gestures which prevent you using the talkback braille keyboard so, so it's an issue on xiaomi it's an issue on oneplus it may well be an issue on the brands such as oppo i haven't had a look but what you might find is that some of the gestures associated with three fingers 
uh, won't work on the, the talkback Braille keyboard, say typing an L, for instance, because they've already been captured to do something else. And if you're finding that's the case, then this will be where you go in and see what's assigned to uh, a three-finger gesture and perhaps go and, and turn it off. It's interesting you mentioned that, Ed, because you are talking about your Xiaomi, the cat, as I call it, and uh, you are having that problem, weren't you? I was, and, and there were two culprit three-finger gestures that were assigned to do different things in relation to screenshots, and I went in and killed one of them, uh, thinking that would fix it, but it didn't, so I had to go in and kill the other one. Uh, and now L and uh, dots four, five, six are working absolutely fine. But uh, that is, if you are finding things that appear to be conflicting with talkback, this part of settings will be where you go and fix it. And, you know, talking about that, I remember that there was a time I was running a Motorola phone and uh, the motor gestures sometimes are also different if you have a Motorola phone. And you go in here and you don't find it. And so if you have a Motorola phone, for example, and you're having that, you know, your screen coming alive and you can't find it anywhere in the settings, you need to go to the apps door and then you're going to find something about motor gestures or motor settings. And that's how you go about disabling that. It's very important that one knows that because if you don't, whether you have a phone in the pocket and the phone is getting knocked around, the phone is coming alive, wasting your batteries. So if you uh, set up a new phone, for example, you want to make sure that you go in here and really customize that, turn those things off, unless, of course, you want it. You want to see things when you pick up the phone, then you can allow it to be there. But just keep in mind that while you have it in the pocket and it gets knocked around something or something bumps against it, your phone is going to be coming alive, and uh, that's a battery killer. Some phones even have the wave gesture that I've heard when you wave around the screen, maybe in the prop sensor, then the phone comes alive. There's an app called Wakey if you need your phone to stay alive. Ah, ah there you go. So you keep Wakey. So I think that may be even uh, more of a thing to use because you can be in control. But this by default, especially on Pixel phones and Motorola phones, I don't know about um, Nokia phones, I haven't been playing with those a lot, but those things are on by default and you want to turn them off if you don't want them coming alive. Like it says, staying alive. Um, I don't want you staying alive. I, I want you to come alive when I want you to not when you choose to randomly, like some ghost hiding behind my phone. I don't want that. Yeah, the thing that bothers me is the lift to wake because I don't want my phone announcing to everyone that I've picked it up, you know? Because <laughs> yeah, no, TalkBack's on, and as soon as, as soon as I pick it up, it starts talking, and I'm like, maybe I didn't want the room to know I picked up my phone. I actually like the lift to wake feature. Um, yeah, so do I. It's... It's kind of saved my ass a few times because if I'm going to go, if my hands are full, I may not always be able to, you know, activate my screen. So if I just lift it up, I have one finger ready to go scroll in scroll mode so I can just unlock it and it's good to go. So it's one less thing for me to have to do. But I, on the other hand, I actually completely understand why you would not want it to be announcing every time you pick it up. 
Yeah, I like that you can change it because, for example, if I'm visiting my family or something, I might want to switch it off. And then when I come home, I might want to put, turn it back on or something. I had a question for you, actually, Warren, about your demo, which was um, you've got the voice assistant set up for your power button. And so it said to get your power menu, I think it was volume up and power key together. Um, but isn't that normally the talkback um, shortcut? So how does that? Only on only on Samsung phones. Oh. It, that, what, the what, pixels don't have that shortcut for an accessibility the, the, the service. What, sorry, John, the what phones don't have that shortcut? Pixels or any other. I know no, you no, like no, to no, pick no, on no, pixels, but no, no other Android phones have. Even Sony, <laughs> even beautiful Sony phones don't have this accessibility shortcut. Yeah, it was really? a word pixel. No, so uh, it's, 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 a... only, it's only a Samsung. So how do you turn talk back on and off quickly on the other phones then? The two volume buttons. What Samsung gives you is two hardware oh. shortcuts. Oh, okay, so, that's the one I used for Braille back on yeah, my so... one on my phone where talkback braille makes it crash right at the moment which is very yeah, annoying so, so what samsung's really good at is you have two hardware accessibility shortcuts so you can have one for talkback one for gshuo uh or whatever your second accessibility service is uh every other android phone only has one hardware shortcut albeit you know you can have the accessibility button and other stuff uh but Sa samsung's are good for that yeah, well, that's interesting because I've only used Samsung's really in the recent years, so I didn't realise it's like the um, the up volume key to answer calls. That's a Samsung thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah, that's nice. See, this is why I like them. Yeah. So shall we then say kudos to Samsung for uh, doing things, uh, going the extra mile? Just like we've always said, I think Samsung, a lot of times, though, you know, people give them less credit. But frankly, I think they've done some very good things. Because if you have two screen readers, like you guys just mentioned, you have that Joshua screen reader on there, for example, uh, then, of course, you want to be able to quickly access that when you want to use it or whatever other screen reader you may have. So I, I think I like what Samsung is doing. Yeah, it's, it's good. I definitely prefer it. Like, I I noticed when I had the Pixel, I was kind of missing that feature from having the ability to use multiple commands. So going back to Samsung, it kind of, it, it was amazing. Because I didn't realize how much I used two different hardware commands to activate different features. What was your other one, Doug? What What was your apart from Talkback? What What did you have? I your used. Other the, I actually had the uh, magnification set up to a a hardware control. Oh, good idea! If you can. So instead of that, having yeah. instead of doing like the three um, single finger triple tap, I would just have it set up to a control. That's easier, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, less wear and tear on your screen too. The, uh, the only thing I don't like about... Now, I love that Samsung had the additional hardware shortcut, but I wish they had the two-finger uh, or two-button two volume hold-down shortcut. I wish it was as quick as the Pixel because on the Pixel, you only have to hold the volume keys down for like a second, but on Samsung devices, you have to hold it down for like three seconds. A long yeah. time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. It's it, it, a it's, big difference. It's annoying. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's not just the, oh. the Fisher prices where it's quick; it's all other Android phones that aren't Samsungs. Uh, right, but my response to that would be first world problems, you know, <laughs> really. I wonder if it has to do with some other built-in accessibility, like um, aspects that Samsung puts in the phones. Uh, so I wonder if it's maybe a case of they have something else set up in the back end that requires the extra time for talkback. It might be, but it might just be a holdover that they never corrected because when exactly. talkback first in, when talkback first introduced like the two volume hold down, it was I don't remember what version of Android it was, but it did make you hold it for three seconds. I remember being I think like, it was Aria, frustrated with it? that. Probably it was Oreo. Yeah. And then, so I think whenever whenever um, they shortened the holding of it, Samsung just never shortened it with everyone else for whatever reason. They just left it. Yeah. It was. And I think it the was... slight issue with it is that you know, obviously you have to you have to hit them simultaneously, and and most of the time that's fine. Uh, but you get a fairly instantaneous feedback if that's what you have or haven't done on a non-Samsung phone. On Samsung, you're waiting, so. For some reason, if you know, if you've got a slightly dodgy case, or you know, you didn't hit it quite right, what what you might have done on a Samsung before Talkback kicks in after your three seconds is uh, uh, radically change your volume, either up or down. <laughs> done that before? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, 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 and it's exacerbated on Samsung. You. Well, yeah, or doesn't, or yeah. doesn't. Uh, so that, that's a slightly annoying thing on Samsung about the delayed feedback. If it was first introduced in Oreo and you had to press the volume buttons for three seconds, do you think that was, you know, to to exercise your fingers a bit more because of all the cookies involved? I think it's yes, just the way yes, the cookie crumbles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In as much as I like what Samsung has, and it, this is my fault, so I had talked about the Verizon giving a 30-day free trial, you know, 100 gigs and all of that. So I installed my Verizon app on my phone, and so I could try it. I installed it on my S21, and I called my friend on it. And typically for me, when I'm on a call, I always shut off the screen. So I hit the power. <laughs> and so I hit that power, and, and I have my... Yeah, I cut him <laughs> off. <laughs> We knew exactly where that was going. <laughs> yep. uh, so I'm like, oops, I'm sorry. So I had to go in there and turn that off. That's the one thing I don't like. I never, ever, ever use uh, the power button to end my calls because for me, though, I prefer well, you to t- have you, you my, my, <laughs> my phone screen off. Yeah, n- never say morning. never, Warren. Right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's actually why I like how the proximity sensor kicks out uh. your screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I want to shut off my screen, uh, turn off the screen, you know, when I'm on the call. Yeah, the, the proximity sensor does come on, but there are times you move your the phone away a little bit and it comes on and you hear oh, speak you don't I want to. It. So for no, me, I, I always shut off my screen whenever I'm on, whether it's a regular call, uh, a Google Meet call, whatever type of call it is. I turned the whole screen off. So I didn't realize that that was on by default on the Samsung phone. And I just hang him up, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've definitely done that before. 
one of the things I didn't quite understand, not quite in the uh, the system gestures thing anymore, on that Verizon trial, is Verizon a GSM network as well now? Is it not just CDMA? And if it is, then how does it how how does it work on a non CDMA phone? So what happened is that you download an app, the My Verizon app, and so you are using a um, an eSIM. So that's what it is. It just it's not a physical SIM, and Verizon supports both CDMA, I think, and you can get a Verizon phone and put in any uh, SIM card in there. It will work. Um, so, But they are still part of the CDMA. But uh, that my Verizon app would let you download um, a SIM, uh, an eSIM, and be able to just use it without the need of a physical SIM. Wait a minute. CDMA networks still exist in North America? Yeah. Well, Verizon, Verizon does. Verizon wow. does. Yeah. I, and I don't Sprint, think... the um, I... this portion of T-Mobile, or the portion of T-Mobile that used to be Sprint is also CDMA. Wow. I don't think in Canada we have anybody running CDMA anymore. <laughs> we never have. As have always been GSM. In reality, I'm, that actually surprises me that we still have CDMA networks especially seeing how more and more carriers are knocking out even 3G networks. So, yeah, well, uh, there are some things about CDMA that are better than GSM. Let's, let's be honest. Um, when it comes to data, CDMA has a better support for data when you can compare it to uh, GSM. I, I'd say CDMA can handle data better than 3G, but, I mean, maybe that's why... 5G is running on a, a higher bandwidth. I don't know. Like CDMA, I find very conflicting. It's got pros, it's got cons. Its biggest con was the ability for 911 tracking, but probably the better option is maybe the data aspect of it. Yeah, so it's it's there, and um, I'm running that thing on my S21, and I'm thinking that maybe next month when it's up, I probably might be switching to uh, Verizon on my Pixel phone because I could have, you know, more um, data than what I have with Google Fi. I only have one gig a month, and it's $10 per gig if you want to increase, and so I think Google is being a little too greedy. So Google don't take down my uh, YouTube, because I say you guys are greedy and stingy. And how much is the Verizon for a hundred gig or whatever it is? Well, in the in-app thing there, though, I, I haven't looked up the uh, I haven't looked up the uh, plans. But you know, twenty-five dollars is highlighted at the top. And uh, frankly, even if I have ten gigs or whatever, for me that's that's more than enough because I. The only time I'm using that is when I'm doing something, you know, like maybe we're mapping somewhere, you know, using maps or whatever, but or else whether I'm at a working place or whatever, um, I'm in a Wi-Fi zone. So I'm not one of those people that want to use the uh, mobile data just because I have it. If I'm in a Wi-Fi zone, I always uh, revert to 
the Wi-Fi instead of using my mobile data. So that's why I've been able to have this one gig since 2015 from Google Fi. You're going to be getting rid of Fi, are you? Oh, that's sad. I'm sorry, girl, but I think I'm dumping you off. Oh, dear. I'm going to be so sad. <laughs> uh, maybe on a second note, I should keep it because of you. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe in, in, in a kind of, I know you can't do this with eSIMs necessarily, but in a, in a dual SIM-like context, you can keep, you can keep Fi and have yeah. Verizon. But you can have more than yeah. one eSIM that just can't be active at the same time. Uh, no, on the yeah. Pixel 7, you can. They can be active at the same time? Yes. Um, but well, yeah, no, you, you, you can, can run your data from one and like all of your calls and SMS from another, can't you? Yep. Can yeah. you have both simultaneously active for calls? Or do you have to? Pick? Yes. You yeah. can have both yeah. running. Yeah. The Pixel 7 does. So, see, that's yeah. one of the better things about the uh, Fisher Price you've been. Uh, no, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure others will be able to. It'll be a gap in my eSIM knowledge. It won't be. It won't be a plus point of the Fisher Price, will it? Let's be no. realistic about it. it. It'll never be the plus to the Fisher Price. It's always going to be the operator you know, for the other guys. Oh my uh, god! I, I, it's I got, my mistake. I got really excited about my phone. My uh, phone that I've had for ages, my S20 FE, because it had settings for two SIMs. And then I realized, oh, no, the second one has to be an eSIM. So I can't do because we don't have eSIMs over here, do we? Yeah, we do. Do we? Yeah. We do. Yeah. Uh, they, they all do, except it's, it's a bit of a joke to get one because in, in sensible eSIM scenarios, what you ought to be able to do is, funnily enough, do it with electronically. What you yeah. have to do for our eSIMs is to go somewhere and get a card and scan a QR code. So you need a what? physical bit of paper in order to then get your eSIM. Really? Uh, which That's I think so is a bit cute. of a joke. It is a bit of yeah. But we do have eSIMs. All the networks have them. They just don't let you acquire them electronically. Once you've got it, it's fine, and you can re-download it again. But you have to you have to scan little bits of paper. Oh, how ridiculous! They don't then, they don't publicise it really, though, do they? Uh, no, probably not. To be fair, I but they all do. Have them because no, we like, do. When did they yeah. bring that in over here? Then quite yeah. recently, or couple of years. Really? Well, yeah. you should feel yeah, special. You should feel special. Your your S twenty FE can handle a dual SIM. Mine can't. Only if it's an e, the second one's an eSIM, though. But yeah, it can. Yep, mine can't. Oh, it's a shame. Have you, have you got the it same is. phone, Doug? Exactly yes. the same phone. Yeah. But the Canadian S20s didn't come with uh, eSIM capabilities. But you probably got a Snapdragon processor, whereas these didn't. Yeah, you know? yeah I don't I think know. The North American I... one does. I think we get the Exynos. Yeah, I think think that might be. Is it Exynos or Xenos? I never know how they actually say it. It's Exynos. E-X-Y. The My Verizon app will give you a new number so you'll have both your regular uh, phone on there and you can choose which one to make your default. Uh, that's how it works. And it is a proper eSIM number. It's not voice over IP or anything like that. No, it's a, no, it's, it's a genuine number. Yeah, and, and actually it even supports 
uh, hot spotting. So I tried the hot spot yesterday and it works. What if you want to, what if you, um, for example, I know somebody who has a French phone and a, and a number and a British phone number. Um, so what if he's normally phoning his French friends, but then he wants to phone me and I'm not in France, I'm in London. So he wants to use his British number. Could he, I mean, he doesn't have an Android phone, but this is just a made up thing. But could he um, say to his, somehow choose in his phone, this time I want to call from my non-default number? Yeah, I've or done a demo on this. It? Or would he have no. to change the default one? I've done a demo on this. Uh, oh, about how you deal with uh, two sims, so, so so the Verizon app won't be any different. You, you, you can you can have two behaviors. You can either have it, or you know, actually you can have three behaviors. You can have it so that it asks every time when you make a call. You that can could have get it annoying. It could. It could. You can have it so that it defaults to one, or for contact saved, you can assign a default sim per contact. So for all his, all his French mates, he can go in and go, you know what? Hockey, hockey, hockey. I don't want to use my anglais, my numéro anglais here. I want to set it up so that it, uh, it utilise uh, 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 my French number. Yeah. La du Paris, you know? Yeah. yeah and, <laughs> and, even in the, and even in the messages app, you'll have a little drop down right next to the send button. Um, yeah. You can change which sim you're sending it from, and it'll remember oh. for each conversation which sim you last sent. So that's you just change good. it per uh, conversation. Unless you yeah. accidentally change it to the wrong one, then that's quite bad. But yeah, that's oh, and, and, and that can happen quite easily, by the way, in messages. <laughs> that that, that that is easily done, and that's not bad for you. That is freaking hilarious. What about what about WhatsApp? WhatsApp doesn't easy sim anyway. WhatsApp doesn't it, care what you use. It's all it needs is data. Yeah, it just uses yeah, it's data. A, it's a data network. It needs a phone number, but it uses data rather than the actual number. So if you've um, got two accounts, will it get the ones off both of them, or will it only let you have one if you've got no, two SIMs? No, because it doesn't, it doesn't use the SIM, so, so you can only log in with WhatsApp, one, I think. On one, one account, one, yeah. Yeah, Messenger is different. Uh, yeah. Messenger lets you use two accounts or more, but WhatsApp doesn't. And, yeah, oh, that's a bit annoying. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you why messages can easily be thrown off. So, uh, my wife did this uh, just the other day because uh, I I uh, I brung her on the wrong sim. So I I have two sims. Uh, we 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 use one uh, for for some reason. I I'd phoned her on the wrong one. She rang me back. The voicemail missed call thing on O2 said, or whatever, whichever network it was, you missed a call. And that threw out our whole text message conversation and threw the entire conversation onto the wrong SIM card. Oh, dear. Because a, a message had been sent. I had to change it back, which is sort of fine, but it's a bit fiddly on messages. It's not as easy as it is on calls. Uh, I did switch it, but, you know. Uh, a call, a call to your other number, can like chuck out a whole text message conversation if you have text alerts for missed calls. But presumably, you weren't. It wasn't like her, a, a Canadian number or something. No, like they were. They, you they, hadn't they spent were a load numbers. of money by. Accident. Oh no, no, it just meant but you, messages. You could. You could though. <laughs> it's the iMessage equivalent of oh, has it gone to the email or the phone, and it's all got thrown out of whack. Mm. Uh, yeah. So you just have to go and correct it. 
Another thing that I like about this system settings it has to do with that language thing and the spell checker. Um, I think these things are important. I, I didn't realize that my open board was actually um, part of that. I didn't realize that that open board has a spell checker. I haven't used that keyboard in a long time because I was simply trying to test it to see how it works. And it wasn't quite accessible, and I actually forgot to uninstall it. And it's funny to see that it's there showing up alongside with the Google keyboard as a, as a choice from which I could choose from as a spell checker. So that was a shocker to me. Something that I thought while I was listening to your demo was um, what annoys me quite a lot with using braille at the moment with my braille display with talkback is that works really nicely but when i turn off my braille display what i really like is it to go back to my qwerty keyboard because that's what i like and it doesn't you've picked talkback braille so it has this braille thing on the screen and i don't i, I know a lot of people love it i don't i don't love it at all uh, I t- I just don't. And and I wish there was a similar thing, like, you know, you had physical keyboard in there, which is for like a Bluetooth keyboard. But I wish there was a differentiation between like Braille display, talk back Braille display keyboard and talk back on screen Braille or something. I'd really like yeah. it. If they I totally understand what you're talking about, Fee, and... And I can see why it defaults to the on-screen because that thing is powered by that uh, on-screen keyboard of the Braille TalkBack. So if the physical part is turned off, then it falls or defaults back to um, the on-screen keyboard. But I I can see where you're coming. Two separate ones, like it does with QWERTY on the screen or QWERTY on the Bluetooth. If it can yeah, do that, I, I can I'm sure see it could. where you're coming from. It would make mm-hmm. sense that if I disconnect the hardware keyboard, I want the default, regular default keyboard that is the, um, whether it's Gboard or whatever, uh, yeah. QWERTY keyboard to come on just the way it behaves when we hook up a physical keyboard to it. So I can see where you're coming from, but mm-hmm. I kind of like the ability to change that spell checker if you find out that one is not working for you. And then another second thing that I like is that uh, uh, personal dictionary. So if I have a word that is always being flagged as uh, incorrect or not recognized word, I could use that and uh, say, hey, this is part of my dictionary now. And so if I'm typing something and I come across this, just recognize it as as one of the words that I have chosen. So if you have some uh, language uh, that's not being recognized, uh, you want to go into that personal dictionary and and include that in there. And the beauty here, too, is that you can even include a shortcut so that you can quickly just bring that word up without having to type the whole thing. So, Mike, that seems like BTW for by the way or... Yes, but it could be you could declare anything. So, like, if you have, you could say like, ADDR be the shortcut for like yes. your full address. Like, if you don't want to have to type out your full address, 
that often, like if you're sending it to somebody or something like that. So you can really oh, do wow. it for anything. Then if you ever want to write the word adder without an E, you'll be stuck because it's going to put your address in. Yeah, that would be weird. The next thing is the offline recognition. So in other words, if you want to be able to do things offline with your particular TTS or language pack, for example, you realize sometimes when you have your phone off um, in an airplane mode and you try to do something, and it will tell you, hey, you, I can't do this. And even though it's something that doesn't require the internet or something of that nature. So this is where an offline recognition would come in. And so if you don't have one, you probably should, uh, most especially if you are a bilingual person and you kind of uh, speak other languages and you from time to time want to switch to the other language and say something in that language. And if you don't have that online, offline recognition, then you may run into a problem. Is it there by default now for your first language anyway? Yeah, or your you first language down, should yeah. be there by, by default. But if you have other languages that you use, they're not on there by default. So you, yeah, have, you to have to download, download those. those. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite handy for things like if you want to put your phone on do not disturb or something, but you haven't got a signal, um, you know, yeah, to go online. It's quite, it's quite good for that. Sort of airplane thing. mode, yeah, things like that. Well, or you just don't have a signal. You you have to, you, you know, somewhere in the countryside or whatever, you know. Yeah. But but it's so, a voice dictation thing, is it? It doesn't It doesn't go beyond that, does it? Uh, what, what do you mean beyond it? Goes, it, does, it, it it's mainly for voice dictation. Yeah. But of course, if I want to say something, um, you know, like, hey, uh, what's my battery status, for example? So if if it's that language that I'm using and I don't have that language pack, it's not going to understand what I'm talking about. So yeah, it, it's so useful it's, for your voice dictation, and it's also useful for things of that nature. Yeah, any any voice commands. So like if like if you're in an app and it has a search button, like a voice search button, that usually ties into Google Speech Services for the voice recognition. So things like that, you'd also be able to do offline if you have the language saved. But of course, the things that wouldn't work are anything you need to go on. So asking it the weather, that's not going to work. No, it's not going to work because it's, it's going to tell you you need to be on the internet, but yeah. it will tell you that in that language that you yeah. have asked yeah. it in. It, it will understand what, you what you're saying, but it won't. Yeah, yeah. But it can't, then, yeah. So offline language packs, I think, are very important if you have other languages as you speak. Um, but by default, even if you speak just one, that one is downloaded for you for, by default. What does that point to speed What's that for? What device is that? Presumably, it's not on the phone by default. So what? What? What's that? Because I was a little bit puzzled by that. That just refers to the mouse pointer speed. So if you have a mouse connected to your phone, you know, the higher the speed, the less you would have to move your mouse to get the pointer to connect, the whole screen. People connect mice to their phone. Yep, you can oh, connect yes. the mouse and a keyboard. Oh, okay. So that way you can interact with it 
well, obviously this is mainly for uh, sighted people, but you can of course, yeah. interact with it without having to touch the screen. If you have, you know, like one of those keyboards where you can sit the phone in the on the keyboard. I knew somebody who had, um, like, it usually was older people who I knew, like, that had dexterity issues, and they actually they used one of those things instead of a mouse with a ball underneath it. It had a big ball on the top that you would touch with your hand rather than moving the whole device. It just moved, rolled the ball, uh, and then it had buttons on. So I guess if you had accessibility needs like that, could be, something like that could be quite quite useful as well, couldn't it? Yeah. And you can make bigger, more sweeping, but you can make bigger, more sweeping gestures with a mouse under your, the palm of your hand than you can. With a finger True. on a screen. And I, so. suppose, I, I suppose it's habit as well. If you're used to using your mouse, I mean, it's not much, not many people on blind Android users probably, but if you're used to using a mouse, it, it's nice to have that continuity, I, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because some um, keyboards do have uh, inbuilt, um, you know, mice or mouse, whatever. Well, and so if you them. have that, you know, hooked up to your phone you know via bluetooth yeah. or whatever so instead of uh you know touching the screen where the keyboard cannot reach you could just use that mouse to uh touch that so it's a very useful tool uh especially mm -hmm. for sighted people as you've indicated yeah oh, so yeah. that's what it's for the, the thing i'd like to see in here and admittedly it is a bit of a niche case but when when i first got my xiaomi uh it didn't have orthodox kind of screen castings so when i connected it to my computer what i found was it was mirroring instead and that meant my computer keyboard was controlling the phone which has its advantages but it also meant i couldn't control my computer because obviously my computer keyboard was controlling the phone and what i'd like to see in systems and gestures is a way to disable the hardware keyboard and there isn't one if a hardware keyboard's connected it's going to work. It relies on you disconnecting the keyboard or turning the keyboard off instead of being able on the software end to disable the hardware keyboard. And I would like to see that in mirroring situations. So when the Sony phone was connected to the computer, did you not have that same issue then with the, no, the keyboard? And that's, no, and that's because casting and mirroring are different things uh I, i've now fixed it on the xiaomi as well because there's a hidden settings app which can make it not do that but screen mirroring and screen casting weirdly behave in different ways so if it, it, it normally when, when when you're like if, you, if you're using a chromecast or something and casting it from your phone to the tv or something you won't have that problem it was uh, it was the fact no, you're screen... just sent, you're just sending the yeah. screen contents yeah we, we, which is all like which is all i wanted to happen but it wasn't what the xiaomi was doing but it but i think it would be good if there was a way you know admittedly a fairly niche scenario to, to have it so actually on the phone you can just disable the hardware keyboard from the phone uh but but it wouldn't let but, you do that. That is quite niche, though, isn't it? Because most people connect a keyboard because they want to use it. But I wasn't Otherwise, connecting a keyboard. No, no. Well, I wasn't. <laughs> I was. I was connecting a laptop. So I wanted to mirror the the phone to the laptop. It was an. Yeah. It was an incidental thing that meant the laptop keyboard uh, was then taking over the phone. It wasn't the but intended behaviour. But maybe that needs have... to be a setting to do with computers then, rather than keyboards. But, but there isn't. There isn't. But... There isn't a setting. 
That's what I, I mean. I don't Maybe know if that's that would, what they need. I don't know if that would that. fix your problem because it might still it might make your keyboard do nothing because it would still route it like it still wouldn't let you use it on the PC. It would be trying to use it with the phone and then the phone would just be ignoring it. Maybe. I don't know how it would work, but that's a I possibility. Don't know. It, it seems like it should be fairly fixable to me. Uh, and it would involve making it not use the phone. People do use the phone uh, with their PC, don't they? But that's probably through a different way. Than D- differently, yeah. That, typically, that's when when a, a, a connection is established between the phone and PC, like to write messages. But but they're not yeah. being written on the phone as such. Uh, no, a, my a, my mum does, and she writes her texts and stuff. She's got a Samsung phone, and she, yeah. she loves it, and she. Um, she's fine with that. Yeah, but, but she, I think keyboards... she can. I think I think she can go away from that window and start doing her normal emails and things on the on the machine on the laptop. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. So and, it sounds and, like and the you, you not couldn't taking... move away. Sounds like no, you and, the, and the and the keyboard's not taking over the phone in that instance. It's just sending stuff to the phone. Yeah, which is different. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. And this, yeah, really, your mom, your mom isn't. She's using Link to Windows. She's not casting. She is, yeah. So Samsung yeah. phones suffer from the same thing. They actually do use mirroring. You know, they call it Smart View or something. So if you were to use Smart View from a Samsung phone, you'd have the same problem. The keyboard on the computer would take. And this but, people is why I use Dex. But she seems to be okay. Yeah, but she she's doesn't... not casting. She's not mirroring. That's the thing. She's just things, connecting her things, phone. Yeah. They're just. Communicating to each other over the Wi-Fi is all that's happening. So the phone is the fo- the, the keyboard is controlling the computer. It's just that data is being sent from it when she goes yeah. into that phone window. Yeah. Yes, and she she did a thing a bit like Warren cutting somebody off earlier on. Um, I rang her up and she um, she said, "Hang on, let me just do this on the computer." And next thing I know, she cut me off. I rang back, or she, you know, we we got back on the phone. She said, "Oh, sorry, I just closed the window on, on the laptop, and it was the wrong one. I cut you off." Exactly. <laughs> Coming up next is the tip of the week. Stay tuned for tips, tricks, and more about Android. And now we come to our tip of the week, and. This week, Fee is going to show us how to restore some quite valuable audio settings in the Zoom app, which have disappeared from the main screen. Take it away, Fee. Hello. This week's tip is all about Zoom and original sound. Zoom, as most of you will know, is often used by people, especially since the 2020 lockdowns, but some people used it before that, for conference calls. A lot of people turn on their cameras so that their video calls. Some people, like me, are a bit more shy and we just have our audio switched on. And it's used for many things, including work meetings, family get-togethers when people aren't nearby or they're not allowed to meet because of lockdowns. People have done quizzes on Zoom. But the other thing people have often done on Zoom since 2020 is musical events. Zoom is very clever. During meetings, it will cancel out any noise that isn't 
someone speaking, which is great if you're having a speech-only meeting. However, if it's a musical gathering, it's not good at all, because as soon as someone starts to play a piano or a guitar or any other kind of an instrument, you can't hear it and you may not be able to hear them very well either, because Zoom thinks, oh no, that's unwanted background noise, we don't want that, and cancels it. So, there's now a solution for this, which has been available for a very long time, called turning on original sound. Now, I used to be able to do that very easily on my phone, but recently I honestly thought that you couldn't do it on your phone anymore. And so I only did speech-type meetings through my phone rather than musical ones because I believed it wasn't possible to improve the situation. However, happily, after some exploring, I found I was wrong. So I thought I would share it with all of you how to turn on original sound. Um, it's not just for music either. You know, if there are other sounds that are not speech that you want to share with people, turning on original sound is the thing to do. Open Zoom. Opening. Zoom. Zoom. Meetings. Showing items one to two of two. Personal meeting ID. PMI. New meeting. Button. So I could start a new meeting here and do various things. I'll be honest now and say I tend to generally go to other people's meetings. And it'll just open them in Zoom because that's the choice I've made before. Um, I don't often just open Zoom because I'm not usually the host. But I found something very useful in the settings when I was actually looking for something else the other day. Join button. Schedule button. Share screen button. Add a calendar. In list. Selected. Meetings tab. In list. Four items. Team chat tab. Contacts tab. More tab. So in the more tab. More tab. More tab. Selected. Page four and four. Or out of feed on basic try zoom one pro. No, I don't want to do that. Added features heading mail calendar whiteboard settings heading settings I want, so I'm going to swipe right from that. Meetings that's what I want. I'm going to double tap meetings. Zoom back button meeting audio heading auto connect to audio off. Now, auto connect to audio, I'm going to switch that on because. It's really annoying when you join a meeting on your phone. Once you've joined, you won't hear the audio unless you press a button that usually says Wi-Fi or cellular data or there's, I think, a dial-in button, which is, I think, not as good quality. Um, so I'm going to turn this on. I'll just uh, get it to speak it again. Auto connect to audio. Off. Auto connect to audio. So I'll double tap that. Zoom, back, button. Oh, okay. Auto connect to audio. Off, selected. Wi-Fi or cellular data. Oh, okay, so it's gone into a choice, so I can choose off, Wi-Fi or cellular data. You will be automatic, Wi-Fi, you will be automatically connected to audio when you call someone or answer. Wi-Fi or cellular data. Oh, tap that. Wi-Fi or cellular data, selected. Good. You will be automatic, back, button. Now I'll go back. Zoom, 
Auto connect to audio, Wi-Fi or cellular data. Mute my microphone, off, switch. Use original audio, off, switch. And use original audio, that's what I want. On, switch, ticked. This will allow you to enable or disable original sound in a meeting. Original sound will disable noise suppression. So, you have to have turned this on. Use original audio, ticked, on, switch. Otherwise, the option won't be available to you once you're within a meeting. So, if, like me, you've been missing that option, that's how to get it back. This one, video, heading. And then we've got video options. Turn off my video, off, switch. I'm going to turn off my video. On, switch, video, aspect ratio, keep virtual, turn off my video, ticked, on, keep aspect mirror my video, ticked, on, show video preview, ticked, on, HD video, picture in picture, general, heading, picture in picture, ticked, on, general, always show meeting controls, ticked, on, show closed captioning, when available, ticked, on, show my connected time, off, switch. I don't want to show my connected time, that would just get on my nerves, I think, because it would keep changing and being longer and longer as the call went on and that would just get in my way but it might be useful for some people show name when participants join ticked on show non-video participants ticked on ask to confirm when leaving a meeting ticked on safe driving mode ticked on switch i don't need that because i don't drive so i'm going to turn that off off swipe right to disable video and audio when driving show user profile icon next to in meeting chat messages Ticked, on, switch, reaction skin tone. Animated reactions, tick, show animations on video, clapping, image. Thumbs up, part, join, open, tada, auto, copy, invite, back, meeting, set it, back, button. Right, I've done all I want, so I'm going to go back out of that now. Zoom, meetings, contacts, team chat, general, Ux, other, heading, scan QR code, about. So there you go, that's how to get the original sound back and to automatically connect audio so that you don't have to do that extra step every time you join a Zoom meeting. And that's it for this week, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we should all see you next week. Austin, how do people get in touch with us? So people to locate us, they can email us with their questions or feedback or comments or recording submissions to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. They can browse our website, blindandroidusers.com. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash blindandroidusers. Subscribe to our mailing list, blindandroidusers, plus subscribe at groups.io. The links for Telegram and Twitter Clubhouse will be in the show notes with all the other links. So that is it from us this week. Well, thank you very much again. Say bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, have a good week. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. Until we see you next week, don't forget to leave us your comments and suggestions via our email contact or using any of our social media sites. Have a great week. Bye.